Hey YouTube and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Profits. As always, thank you guys so much for being here. We're really excited to talk about these Dynasty tight end rankings. So this is a video we're finally getting around to. And of course, our next video is actually going to be our Dynasty wide receivers. So make sure to check that out. That one particularly we were really waiting on because we wanted to make sure that we had the time to do it right. So of course, in a few days that's going to come out. Make sure to check that out. And we really do mean it. It should be out in a few days. I know that our video production has been a bit slow lately, uh, but you know what? We're really starting to turn things around as the draft is coming and the season is getting sooner so we should be posting more and more frequently uh, but you know what before we can even get into these tight end rankings I think we got to take a second to just say congratulations to Rob Gronkowski who retired this is of course old news uh, but good for him man he had an amazing amazing career and his statistics were just off the charts we've talked about this before but like man guy averaged over 16 games he averaged like 73 catches 1100 yards and actually 11 touchdowns that's crazy because the next best of really those top tier tight ends looking at guy like antonio gates who is averaging about eight touchdowns per 16 games and so it's really crazy to see that comparison he seems to be by far the best fantasy tight end of course when he plays when he's healthy probably of all time man so good for him funny thing Tom Brady came out and said you know I'd love to throw to him again and so sounds like you know there's maybe some things people are wondering speculating if he's going to actually retire if he's going to come back for some more time certainly we wouldn't be surprised he is still young enough and of course if he took a year off or took a little time off to rest and get his body healthy that could be very possible but for now he's retired and that is what it is so we're going to take him off of this list but let's just get started with our first guy here all right, now number one big surprise, guys. Of course, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. This guy hands down deserves this spot. I mean, you look at it statistically, he's just been the best fancy tight end uh, that we really have to pick from. So of course he goes on this list. This is his, or excuse me, last year I believe was his fifth season in all five seasons. He had increasing statistics in terms of catches. Uh, he's been phenomenal. Now last season he had two less catches than he did in 2017, but he also didn't play the last game. So those numbers are a bit skewed. I think the really a useful thing to do would be to take a second and look at his catches per game. His rookie year comes out and he has 4.5 catches per game, or excuse me, 4.2. Next year he falls up with 4.5, then 5.3, and then 5.5. That's a pretty steady increase. And then all of a sudden Pat Mahomes takes over and that skyrockets to 6.4, almost an extra catch per game. It's absolutely monstrous, that ratio is uh, very phenomenal. He's easily the most reliable fantasy tight end and reliable weapon that the Kansas City Chiefs have. I mean, that's it. I love Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey's the guy, right? And then he goes out and of course he breaks uh, Gronk used to hold the record for receiving yards by a tight end. He breaks that and then doesn't play the last half of that game. And of course, um, George Kittle goes out and breaks that. It's a very weird and unfortunate situation. Like Gronk has it and then Kelsey has it for like a half an hour or two hours. And then boom, uh, George Kittle goes out and he breaks that himself. So that's kind of an interesting situation. Now, a few people were speculating, you know, maybe Zach Gertz could fight for this number one spot. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but because of Dallas Godert, think that Zach Ertz loses some value, loses some value. I think that Zach Ertz is a great fantasy tight end, but so is Dallas Godert. He is developing into quite the young weapon that can steal some catches and some time for him. So that is, uh, is noticeable. Now, I believe Travis Kelsey is 29 years old, so he's not young. However, he's not old, right? A lot of these tight ends, you know, guys like uh, Delaney Walker or uh, Greg Olson, they're like 34, they're like 35, they're a lot older. We haven't seen any production slowdown or issues or injuries or problems from Travis Kelsey, so there is no reason to expect 
or to think that he loses dynasty value because of this. Yeah, in five, six, seven years, it's a problem, but you can't look that far ahead. And we always say we make these dynasty rankings videos. It's really for the next three years. It's not beyond that because there really starts to come point where you just can't predict things three years from now, right? Four years from now, five years from now. It just starts to get to the point where there are too many curveballs and there are too many things and no one can really possibly have a, a, a true understanding of what's going to happen. Of course, I could sit here all day and talk about uh, Travis Kelsey's statistics. He has been phenomenal. Uh, in fact, last year, one of the things I liked about him most, and I love to measure receivers and tight ends uh, and running backs by kind of what they do in the red zone, right? And so one thing I like is he finished with the third most red zone targets among tight ends, wideouts, and running backs. And that's very impressive because it's very hard for tight ends to keep up with wide receivers in the red zone targets department. I believe he finished behind Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas. He had 30 red zone targets, and I don't expect that number to change at all. There's no reason that he's not going to hit double-digit touchdowns this season. Guys, hands down, Travis Kelsey at number one. But you probably already knew that. Let's get to the number two guy. All right, at number two, we put George Kittle. We love George Kittle. Now, I think he really came as a surprise to a lot of people who shocked some people with this kind of this monster season out of nowhere that he had. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say like to Horn a little bit, we love this guy going in the last year. And of course, he turned out to be even better than we expected. But man, it was a surprise for everyone. What a phenomenal season. We really came out of seemingly nowhere to just have this Again, like this is crazy year where he broke multiple NFL records and was hands down one of the top tight ends in the NFL and proved himself to be really in a situation with kind of a messed up quarterback situation, bouncing between guys. I think he had three different quarterbacks last year. Like that's so impressive. Um, of course, what we like going forward is not just last year, but going forward, he's, he's young. He's 25 years old. So that age is not a problem. That age is perfect. And in fact, you know what else is perfect? His build for a tight end. At 6'4", 250 pounds, he has got a beautiful wingspan. Like this guy has got the build to be a very dominant tight end. And that's very important at this position. If you're too small, you, they could just send you to wide out. You won't be a tight end. And if you're too big, they'll keep you at wide out, or excuse me, they'll keep you at tight end, but you won't have much fantasy value. You'll be more of a blocker. And so we really try to look to make sure these tight ends, when we're kind of prospecting them, is what size does this guy have? And six foot four, maybe an inch or two short, uh, maybe just one inch, somewhere around there. He's not necessarily short, but he's not tall for the position either. And he's almost a perfect weight, 250 pounds. That's great. Anything smaller than that? You know, maybe we'd ask for him to put a little bit of weight on, but anything more than that, maybe we'd ask him to take a little bit off. He's got a great, great balance. This is one of those positions where size is everything, and he needs to be the right size. He had a crazy year last year, 136 targets for 88 receptions and five touchdowns. Now, those touchdowns will go up as that offense continues to get better and they continue to get their quarterback in there all season long and have more stability at that position. So I, I don't think that number was great last year. It certainly hurts him from being the number one guy, but there's no reason that number won't go up. Of course, he had that awesome sophomore year. One of the things that we liked about that sophomore year was, of course, he set the NFL record for receiving yards by a tight end, 1,377, so good for him. But a lot of people don't know. Even more impressive was not just that he was able to do that, but he was able to do it while also setting an NFL record for yards per route 
by a tight end. He averaged 2.83 yards per route. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is quite a lot. When a guy goes out there and has a, you know, over 400 routes, that start to really add up those you know, 2.83 yards per route. And so that's fantastic. What that tells you is it wasn't just a good tight end on an awful team that was just throwing him the ball and throwing him the ball as much as possible. No, he was making production out of his targets. Of course he was. We already know that by looking at his yards per catch. He had 15.6 yards per catch last season. He was phenomenal. The guy's a playmaker. He's got the right build and he is developing huge. Now, again, a lot of people were surprised at this season and even we were a little surprised quite a bit um maybe not as surprised as everybody else but we were uh, and i think the biggest reason why was his, his first year his first year wasn't anything special it wasn't this monster season and a lot of people were just kind of sitting there looking and, and thinking and just, okay he's all right right well again and again and again like for a tight end to come in the nfl and to have over 500 yards of their rookie season and receiving statistics like that's huge like that's a real measurement. And so when a guy comes in and does that, you know, or has less than that, people don't really care. They're not really interested. And yet that can be huge. Of course, we see how quick that turnaround was for him to go from just some guy to like some huge guy who has awesome value. I'm not going to spend any more talking any time about this. If you guys have any statistics about either Kelsey, which I talked about earlier, or of course, George Kittle now, make sure to drop them down in the comment section below and let us know what you think if you have any more information. Or of course, if you disagree with our picks, we'd love to tell you why and give you a little bit more background. But this video is going to get super long if I talk for five minutes on every player. So I'm going to get to the next guy. All right, now we mentioned him a little bit ago, and I think it's time at number three, Zach Ertz. Now, Zach Ertz isn't maybe the most exciting pick on this list, of course. I think there are some other guys who are younger and are really developing it. I think a lot of people would want to put here, uh, but statistically, he's been amazing. Uh, going into 2018, he had three years in a row with uh, where he averaged 831 receiving yards and 76 catches. Those numbers are great. Those numbers are really good. In fact, we talked about how... Uh, going into the season how he could do that again how he could even top that and of course we were right it was another situation where and of course it's easy for us to talk about it because we're right you know but um where we said you know he'll probably break out because in the previous couple of seasons 2016 2017 he'd struggled with some injuries and actually missed a few games well we said you know that means maybe he'll be healthy and you have a better season of course he went on a huge season over was it 1164 yards i believe uh that's what it says right there and Finally broke a thousand receiving yards, which for a tight end is monstrous. And of course, for him, that's awesome. Maybe even more important was that he set a record for tight ends with most catches in a season, 116 catches. Guy's a PPR machine. So of course, if you're in a dynasty PPR league, this guy has some added value, probably even inches him above, puts him above George Kittle. But this is maybe just a more general dynasty video. Uh, of course, anyways, um, a lot of people also wonder, and I talked about it earlier, those red zone targets are huge. I love red zone targets. Those red zone targets turn into touchdowns and touchdowns turn into big fantasy points. So it also helps to know he finished seventh for red zone targets. I mean, everything seems to be falling into place for this guy statistically. There's really nothing that you can say uh, really against him. In fact, going into last season, uh, we praised him for his excellent 8.2 targets per game. Very good number. He just comes out on top this year. He tops at 9.75 targets per game. He had a fantastic year. He was getting the ball a ton. For whatever reason, that offense, Carson Wentz, they just 
love to get him the ball and he absolutely capitalizes on it and so that right there bodes very well for him now funny thing he's actually just shy of two years younger so he's almost two years younger than travis kelsey despite having played one more year in the nfl than kelsey so that's an interesting situation he's got an extra year of experience but he is younger than kelsey that's something to note if you're looking at that and maybe you thought kelsey was a little bit old for you of course who cares but anyways uh, that, is, that is something that's nice to know. And of course, really the one thing that hurts him is Dallas Goddard. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of time. Again, I don't want to drag this video on forever. If you want to spend time looking through the stat book and seeing all the different things that Dallas Goddard did last year, you can if you want. I'm not going to list off stat after stat to you, but he's a good tight end. The fact of the matter is he is going to steal targets. He's going to steal time. He's going to steal catches. And unfortunately, that is going to equate to stolen touchdowns, stolen fantasy points. And so that's something that keeps him lower on this list. It's not a huge concern. Zach Ertz is still the guy. But I don't know if there's really many teams in the NFL where their number two tight end can come in and be reliable. And so I think the Eagles are somewhat going to use that. And they're going to necessarily fully capitalize and take advantage of it. And I think that a lot of times maybe that just means two tight end sets. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they got a guy there. And, and that really just lowers his ceiling a bit. You know, maybe he could go out there and, and break the record for receiving yards for a tight end. But with Godert there, I don't think it's going to happen. Just again, because simply they're not going to overwork him when they've got another option. That's the way the NFL works. They're smart. They want their guy to be good, not just good this year, but good next year and the year after and the year after that. I mean, they want to build a dynasty, don't we all? Of course, that's what we're here for, to work on our fantasy dynasties. So uh, Zach Ertz here at number three. But uh, that's probably maybe the top three guys that you expected. Very boring almost and I'm sure you guys all saw that coming and no surprises let's start getting out in the four the five and the six some of the guys who are a little bit different shaking up the numbers a little bit hopefully will surprise you a few times in this video but uh, let's get to the number four guy all right now here we come in at this number four spot and I think we got to put Evan Ingram now I think some people are going to say really uh, and what really happened was he came to the NFL he's got this huge hype and a lot of people expected him to take off and last season was maybe just a little bit of a disappointment and I think people are kind of I don't know necessarily scared away from him but just like hesitant or whatever it might be of just saying like he didn't quite break out like we expected uh, and you know what I think that's a, a bit of just a bit of confusion when you really look at it. For one, his rookie statistics were just insane. And so his second year, for him to break those statistics, I think part of it, he just needed a quarterback. Like, I mean, that's just that's just it. They just, he just needs a guy who could get him the ball better, right? I mean, that's when it comes down to it. And then you have this Odell Beckham dilemma, this problem, right, where he's this amazing wide receiver. He does a fantastic job. you got to love watching him. But he just takes so many targets and takes the ball away from other guys. And, and in fact, now that he's gone, Evan Ingram's going to be a lot better. Now, we'll talk about that a bit more in a second. But for starters, he's very small for a tight end at six foot three, 240 pounds and only 24 years old. He's young and developing and he is small. Right. We talked about earlier. He is, you know, maybe 10 pounds lighter than a lot of people at his position who are even of those guys who are the receiving tight end. But um. He's real hybrid, and that bodes really well. He can do a lot of different things for them, and I think that that's going to be really great in their ability to use him in helping to replace Odell Beckham. Um, and then, of course, the other thing being, um, in fact, when Odell Beckham isn't there, his statistics are better. Right? I could talk, and I could talk, and I could talk, but I guess really the ultimate question we have to ask ourselves, I guess, is does he deserve to be here? And for us, yes. 
And here's why. And it's because of how well he plays without Odell Beckham. Because really the question we're asking is, is, is he a number four dynasty tight end when Odell Beckham is gone? Can he fill that role? How well does he play when he's the guy? He plays quite well. Uh, so actually in the last four games he played without Odell Beckham, he played Dallas, Indianapolis, Tennessee, and Washington. First thing I'd like to note, especially on the Dallas, Tennessee, and Washington side, maybe not as much Indianapolis, they were very good defenses last year. Top half, not necessarily fancy-wise, but very good defenses, top half of the NFL, and all four of them were hot at the end of the season. They were playing well. Particularly, guys like Dallas and Washington, uh, and then, of course, Tennessee. I believe Tennessee gave up the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Like, that was a brutal schedule. It was a tough schedule. And in fantasy playoffs, I remember looking and thinking, I don't know if I can play this guy. You know, he's going to get some attention because Odell's out and he's got some tough schedules. But you know what I did anyways? And of course, it worked out really well. So in those last four games, he had 22 catches, 31 targets, 320 yards, a touchdown, and five, or excuse me, five, and 15 first downs. That's what he had in the last four games to Odell Beckham. So then Odell Beckham leaves this whole season. You know, what is those four games there? How does that project out to a 16-game season? That's a 16-game pace of 124 targets, 88 receptions, almost 1,300 receiving yards, four touchdowns, and 60 first downs. That is an absolutely monster day and of course you have to expect that from a guy who's such a playmaker and such kind of a deep threat for a while he averaged 14.5 yards per reception he is the guy in the passing game i mean that is saquon barkley's offense but in the passing game the number one threat the number one guy there is evan ingram i think he's going to carry them i think you're going to continue to see that 14 maybe even inch up to 15 uh yards per reception as they ask him to be the guy and to carry them downfield and to get him those first downs and keep the chain moving when they can't run the ball and so evan ingram huge fantasy value we want to see that quarterback situation get a bit big get a bit better but speculation is the giants are going to go after quarterback Dwayne Haskins and if they do I think that will bode well I honestly think he will turn out to be a better quarterback long term especially long term but even in this season coming up than Eli Manning um, he's a good pocket presence quarterback and I think that he'd actually be a very good fit stylistically with the players he likes to throw to with Evan Ingram again not gonna waste too much time in this let's get to our next guy all right, now at number five, we have O.J. Howard. Now, O.J. Howard is who I'm excited about O.J. Howard. So last season, he had a pretty good year, um, but he did miss six games due to injury. Now, that's not a concern. All reports are he's healthy and he's fine. Didn't seem to be, doesn't seem to be something that's going to be a long-term issue at all. And he doesn't have a huge history of injuries, so that also bodes very well for him. Uh, of course, he was a first-round 19th overall pick. That also bodes very well for him. He's playing for the team that drafted him, and they drafted him early. It means they have faith in him, and he's starting to live up to that faith. Uh, now, despite playing four less games than he did the year before, he actually had an increase in catches and yards. So he finished the season with 34 catches, 565 yards and five touchdowns now that doesn't sound like a lot but with missing six total games that's pretty good in fact that puts him on a pace of 54 catches 904 yards and eight tds that's particularly impressive when you see that four of his touchdowns came over his last six games so we love that of course this is no surprise to us scouting him coming out of the uh 
coming into the draft, coming out of college and into the NFL. We like him. At six foot six, 251 pounds, he's got a great, great build. Uh, he reminds us, at least Rob was saying, he reminds him of Antonio Gates, which is funny because he's actually faster than Antonio Gates. Gates ran a 4.640, while O.J. Howard ran a 4.51, so almost 0.1, almost a tenth of a second better. It makes a big difference in the NFL, for, especially for such a tall guy that's very impressive. And of course, talking about dynasty, so where's his age? How old is he? He's 24 years old, guys. He is still, still young. He has a very high ceiling. We were just talking the other day, and you know what? A thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. We wouldn't be surprised if he did that multiple times throughout his career. We wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if that sort of became the norm for a short period of time. Of course, not for a very long time, but... He's got huge, huge upside. He is very athletic. He's very talented. And you know what? He actually doesn't have the worst quarterback situation out of a lot of the guys that we're talking about. And of course, finally, one of the big things that hurt him was how many weapons they had last season in that offense. Well, of course, he's bodes, uh, bodes very well for him the departure of Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys. Those were both pretty good wide receivers who took a lot of time, took a lot of attention, a lot of targets away from him. This could be a big year for him to step up into that 1,010 mark. You know, I think this could be a huge fantasy season for him. OJ Howard, guys, maybe this is his breakout year. A little bit of a gamble, a little bit of a risk, but hey, if you're not going to get one of those top-tier guys, you might as well take a chance on this guy and have that huge, huge upside. Let's move on to number six. All right, now here we have David Njoku, and Njoku is kind of like O.J. Howard, and then I think some people are just looking for a little bit more, right? And I completely understand that. Uh, David Njoku hasn't been this absolute monster, uh, but first of all, you know, the guys after him on this list aren't necessarily great, and there's a huge drop-off in talent, and so he finds himself here on potential, a lot of that. Now, six foot four, 246 pounds, and 22 years young, man, this guy's got some potential. He's a pretty good size for a tight end. He's very young, guys. He's played, what, two years in the NFL now, and he is still 22 years old. He is so, so young, and that's the first thing I want to talk about. When he was drafted in the NFL, his rookie season was disappointing. You know, last year wasn't amazing. We talk about his statistics and all these things about, you know, you could talk about how just honestly how you've been disappointed in him. You got to remember a few things. One, he's still 22 years old. I mean, according to science, like his brain is still developing. He's still not fully an adult. Now, that's just weird because this is like you look at him. He's a big boy. He's a grown man, and he is intelligent. Playing the tight end position is difficult in the NFL, uh, but yet he's still got some developing to do. He's still got some learning to do, and that is especially true when he was drafted. And I don't know, not a lot of people pay attention and remember things that go on before the draft, but I do. I, I find a lot of fun scouting these players and the big, big, big thing was, was kind of the Browns picking him and people were saying, okay, great, that's awesome. But you need to know that he will be a three or a four year development. He is a project player. And, you know, they were saying this guy is physical. He's got raw talent. He could be a beast, but it's going to take time. You got a lot to work on. He's got some form issues. He's got some playbook understanding he needs to develop. He's younger than everyone else at the draft, right? There were a lot of concerns with just how long it was going to take for him to get to where they know he could be. And so this kind of development that maybe hasn't been as much as you would want him to be, it's not too much of a concern. I am not worried about it at all. And in fact, when Baker Mayfield took over, he was on pace for a great season. If Baker Mayfield had been starter the whole year, he would have had over 700 receiving yards, five touchdowns, and 58 catches. Those are pretty good numbers right there. 
Um, and that's really where I, I put my trust, not only in that development going forward, as we've talked about countless times, tight ends take time to develop, uh, but also quarterbacks take time to develop. But it almost doesn't seem like that with Baker. Baker Mayfield is one of the biggest reasons that I have excitement and I have faith and I have some trust in David Njoku and, and his dynasty value. So without him as the starting quarterback, the Browns were averaging 20 points per game. That is 26 in the NFL. As basically the bottom quarter, that is one of the worst in the NFL, and that is not good. Baker Mayfield takes over, and they average 25 points per game. Now, that's only an extra five points per game, but that makes a huge difference. They pop up to number 11th in offensive scoring or team scoring in the NFL. So he goes from basically the bottom quarter almost to just on that edge, just in the top third. He makes this huge leap with just their quarterback, who's a rookie and who's still developing. And so that's what really excites me, right? Is that he's got this awesome option. Now, with Landry there and Odell Beckham there, this season going forward, he has maybe a bit of a ceiling simply because there's a lot of weapons there. But his quarterback's going to develop. He threw 27 touchdowns last year. Uh, he's going to break 30. I mean, that is, I hate to be so confident and say absolutes, but he's, just, he's going to. He's a great guy. He was a rookie quarterback last year who's only able to play in 13 games or you know start 13 games. He's going to play more. There's going to be more touchdowns to spread around. I think David Njoku could get a few of them. So love this guy. He's a bit of a project, but he's a project worth taking. Of course, temper that in fantasy because you got to wait till he's really ready. Uh, but I think he's starting to be ready. Let's move on to the next guy. All right, at number seven, we have Eric Ebron, probably the biggest surprise of last season. I mean, who can believe I still wake up and I look at the stats and go, like, what? That, no way. Like, honestly, I know that sounds dumb, but he had 13 touchdowns last year. This is a guy who didn't look like he was going to be in the NFL much longer. He was struggling in Detroit. He just didn't look to be this guy. And then he comes over and boom. And you know what? Good for him. He has this awesome season, and that was really great. And I think he can sort of repeat those numbers, of course. 13 touchdowns is high. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit 10 or 11, right? That number comes down a little bit, but whatever. Um, the one reason he was able to do that was because Jack Doyle missed 10 games last year. Doyle's not going to miss as many games, so he'll be back, and there'll be a little bit of competition there, although that's not too much of a problem to worry about. Seven of his touchdowns came in six games with Jack Doyle also playing. And so half of his touchdowns came in those six games. And so we see, you know, he's able to, quote unquote, compete. He's able to be the guy while Jack Doyle is there. Of course, last year he finished 15 yards. He finished sixth in catches. He's still 25 years old. He is still so, so young. And man, it's hard to believe. I, you know, this is probably the earliest in an NFL draft I've ever seen a tight end taken. He was taken in the first round, 10th overall. He was projected to be this monster and this game changer. And now we're really starting to see that. In fact, you know what, guys? Drop a comment down below. If you can think of a tight end, because I can't right now, if you can think of or find a tight end that was drafted earlier than 10th, overall i'd love to see some examples out there and if those guys had careers that turned out to be much because you know honestly off the top of my head he's probably the earliest i can think of but let's keep rolling with this video man uh andrew luck as his quarterback is perfect not only did i have a career best quarterback rating last season due to some things like ebron being there and an improved offensive line uh, he also throughout his career he's averaged 2.31 touchdowns per game that comes up to 37 touchdown passes a season that number is insane he is a great quarterback and a great quarterback who targets his tight ends more than any other quarterback in the nfl this is a perfect situation luck and ebron feels like peanut butter and jelly man you can 
put that on the internet anywhere you want. I love that phrase. I mean, they are just a, a great combination. It's going to be another good fantasy season for him, um, especially when you look at Doyle's not the future, right? You're talking about dynasty value. Ebron at 25 is the future tight end of that team. Uh, Jack Doyle is 29 years old. He is not the youngest tight end out there, and he has been outproduced by Ebron last year for sure. And I think we can expect to see that again. There is a bit of a concern, and that's why he stays at seven behind a few guys. There's a bit of a concern that Jack Doyle is still a pretty good tight end. Um, and so until we see how that shakes out when they're both healthy, um, we're going to put him here at seven. Maybe he repeats 13 touchdowns and proves to us that a healthy Doyle is no match to him. Then maybe we bump him up to five or four, wherever. But um, yeah, this is where Eric Ebron is right now. If you guys disagree with our pick, make sure to let us know. Let's get on to our next guy, our number eight. All right, here we have Hunter Henry at number eight, six foot five, 250 pounds. He's got a good build, and he's probably younger than you think. He's been around for a while, and he's had kind of an up-and-down career. People probably forget that he's still 25 years young. And he's got time to develop and be a good tight end. So, of course, that bodes well for him. And they didn't play last season, but the last time he played was 2017. He played in 12 games. He had 45 catches, almost 600 yards, 12.9 yards per catch, four touchdowns, and, in fact, 32 first downs. Uh, now, of course, that's in 12 games. Let's get that to a more useful number, right? Like, what is that per 16-game average so we can really tell what his stats are? And that's 60 catches, 84 targets, 722 yards, 12.9 yards per carry, 5.3 touchdowns, and 43 first downs. It's pretty good fantasy numbers. Pretty good. I love his ability to find the end zone. He has 12 touchdowns in 27 career games. That comes out to 7.11 touchdowns per 16 game season or per season essentially when he's healthy and plays all 16 games those are pretty good numbers now we put him here because he struggled with injury and we have yet to see him break out and there are some other tight ends on this list who've shown potential to be healthy and shown potential to get in the end zone and do some great things however this guy could be a monster he's done those stats essentially as antonio gates backup backup he wasn't uh, gates wasn't even supposed to play last season and it really showed i don't think he'll play this season it's going to be hunter henry hunter henry as that guy now there is mike williams and keenan allen but as the main tight end for the first time this could be big for him. He could have a breakout year. I'm not necessarily saying, and I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to have 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. But I wouldn't be surprised if he had 700 to 800 yards and 8 or 9 touchdowns. That's kind of the range that I'm expecting. He's got good fantasy value. He's still young. Uh, this is really a perfect spot to put Hunter Henry. I don't think he's going to be an elite tight end, but he's a very good tight end. And so number 8 is exactly where he deserves to be. I guess the question you guys are wondering is who's at number nine? Because there's not a lot to talk about for Hunter Henry. Facts are the facts. That's really where we're at with him. So let's move on to the next guy and talk about him. Austin Hooper. And, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about Austin Hooper. I believe Rob did the research. So I'll be reading off the screen here, but um, off my note or off of his notes that he gave me. Austin Hooper is not the most exciting option. He's not amazing. He's not flashy he's not lights out but he is a safe pick he's got a good quarterback in matt ryan and he's slowly developed and they seem pretty comfortable with him as the tight end right that's huge news uh, for him going right there he ended with 71 catches it was fourth in the league last season he did very good his catch percentage of 81 percent that was third best among tight ends and so that bodes very well he has some issues like his yards after a catch are very low he's not very fast he's not an amazing tight end 
uh, but he does play well enough uh, and he does some things right that, you know, I do like Austin Hooper, and I think he fits in this spot well. He's got a high floor but a low ceiling. He's a safe pick. I know not a lot of us like safe picks. If you're watching this fantasy video, odds are you want the best of the best at every position and on your bench and waiting for you in case you want him in free agency. You you don't Nobody wants to settle with pretty good, and yet pretty good is an option, and we're all going to have to settle at some point. Maybe, you know, Austin Hooper is a pretty good option. And again, it's just where he is. Not a lot to say, kind of like with Hunter Henry, uh, but that's what it is. You can look at his stats and you can do a lot of research with uh, uh, with him, but you're kind of just going to find what I'm telling you, that, that he's just kind of a uh, above average tight end, but not an above average fantasy tight end. Now we come to, to my guy, or a guy that I, I decided to put on this list as we talked about ranking, and I think Rob is a bit surprised, but I absolutely think he deserves to be here, and that's uh, last year's a rookie tight end, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is six foot four, 256 pounds, and he's 23 years old, so he is very young, and he's a good build for a tight end. Boom, that's something I keep talking about, but it's nice to have that basis to know, right? Uh, of course, he had good rookie stats. Uh, it's a funny situation is that they actually drafted two tight ends the Ravens did last year. So Hay Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, those were the two rookie guys. And uh, Hayden Hurst was a first round 25th overall pick and Mark Andrews was a third round, I believe late third round or maybe 25th overall probably, uh, or overall 25th in the third round. And uh, you know what? That's kind of what it was. It was just looked like that was going to be Hayden. Hayden Hurst's team with Mark Andrews is a pretty good backup. But you know what? Actually, turns out Hayden Hurst struggled. He only had 13 catches for 163 yards and a touchdown. He did not have a great season at all. And Mark Andrews set himself apart as the better tight end. 34 catches, 552 yards, three touchdowns off of an impressive 16.2 yards per catch and 28 first downs. Guys, Mark Andrews is a playmaker, and that's what I like about him. When I watched him, he was getting the job done. He had 34 catches. That's pretty good. 28 of his 34. So all but six of his catches were first downs. We're moving the chains. We're doing what needs to be done. Tells you that Coach Harbaugh knows how to use him, and he likes this guy. I also like that 16.2 yards per catch. That's huge. That means he's getting downfield. He's making plays. He's not a safety blanket tight end. He is a producer, and that is huge. Of course, those numbers are going to be better when really he actually had improved statistics and he played better with Lamar Jackson under quarterback. And so that rookie quarterback coming in, having full time to really develop, to be the guy the whole season as he really trains himself to be more of a traditional quarterback and to use his guys better and to be the quarterback that the Ravens need him to be, that is great. I mean, this is going to be awesome. I don't think he's going to have this major jump this season where he's 800 yards, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. It's not going to happen. But he's probably going to have six to 700 yards, and I bet you he gets five or six touchdowns. Those numbers are pretty good, and he's proven himself to be the number one tight end in that offense. So I really like Mark Andrews. This is about a bit of a reach for some people, but I like him at this spot. Uh, again, remember, this is dynasty rankings, and so maybe for this year, I don't like him as the 10th guy. But for the coming years, I like him as the 10th guy. Just to, to under, just to kind of explain that. Because I know someone's going to leave a comment and say that this is a bit of a reach. But let's move on and get to the next guy. We are certainly running out of time. Chris Herndon. Now, uh, 
This was, again, Rob was supposed to be in this video, and unfortunately he couldn't make it. He did all the research. Chris Hernan is a guy that he likes. I'm excited about him as well. Um, but this is definitely a bit more of a Rob pick, that's for sure, where I agree with him. But, you know, there's always one of us gets a little bit more excited. So at the age of 23, he is very young. He had a very solid season last season with 39 catches over 500 yards. Those are really good numbers when you look at the was it the 23rd ranked offense in the NFL last year that just wasn't moving the ball well with a rookie quarterback and Chris Hernan who was still kind of earning his role I mean he started slow he started bad and it took about till week three or week four where he really started to take off and then after that yeah he was great now had he been on that all season he was on pace for uh, 620 yards and 45 catches with five touchdowns those are excellent rookie numbers so there's really nothing that you can can take away from him there uh, what I like there is that they added Le'Veon Bell right you're going to get your quarterback to develop more you're getting him used to you more and then you add a running back so there's something to watch that could certainly open it up in the passing game for guys like Rombie Anderson and Chris Herndon maybe I'm not the most excited about Adam Gase being their coach because I don't think Adam Grace is an amazing Adam Gase is an amazing coach uh, but Adam Gase is their coach it is what it is and he has praised Chris Herndon, called him unique. Uh, he said, "I don't think you find a lot of tight ends like him who can really make all the can really make all the plays that we expect him to." And said he's a very good wide receiver. He's very good in the running game. Very good in protection. Um, and so, when your coach likes you, that means you're going to get used, even if your coach isn't great. But that bodes very well for him coming into this season at the number 11 spot going forward. Dynasty is uh, Chris Herndon. I got to agree with it. It's a solid pick at this spot for sure. I'd love to see and I'm excited to see really how he develops going forward. All right, now I'm not going to talk about this pick a lot because I think a lot of people are going to say, okay, maybe he deserves to be here, you know, number 12, Jordan Reed, uh, but I'm just not going to target him. Uh, one thing to remember, he sees six foot two, 245 pounds. So he's very small for a tight end. And that really explains some of the injury issues that he's had, which has been the limiting factor. Let's not forget that in like 2015, he was a monster tight end. He came just shy of a thousand yards. He had over 114 targets. He had 11 touchdowns. He had this huge season. Of course, he's still only 28 years old. So I think he's got years left to produce. Again, guys like Greg Olson are 35 years old. Certainly he has a few more years left in him. And you know what? Again, I don't think that, that a lot of us are going to be targeting him. Uh, but if you're in a dynasty league, because I've seen this, there are dynasty leagues out there, for those of you who don't know, where you have to keep a tight end no matter what, right? Well, that really ruins the strategy of a guy who doesn't want to pay a lot for his tight end in a bidding league or draft his tight end early or, you know, right? Who doesn't want to put a lot of resources and energy into their tight end. That really ruins that strategy, right? Like it's just makes it difficult and it doesn't work out very well and so this is an option of a guy who is pretty good who has some really hot games who's really productive uh, and could have a huge year especially as they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation last year was not a great year but he missed a lot of games and his quarterback situation was poopy it was just awful and so let's not forget that this guy at one point was considered one of the elite tight ends that's kind of surprising I think a lot of people have a hard time believing it but yeah I think he fits himself here at this spot he's not exciting he's not fun he is scary but he gets the job done let's move on to the next guy all right, so now we're going to talk about Dallas Godert comes in here at this spot. And I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people saw him last season. Again, a lot of people are looking for sleepers and that next guy and saw his potential, but think, well, hold on. 
Zacherts is there. And, and so I want to take a second to say that I don't think that is necessarily limiting him from being an okay fantasy option. Uh, you know, really the first team to really push out uh, that I can remember this double tight end system was the New England Patriots with Gronk and Hernandez, and they did it well. They didn't just do it, and I was talking, you know, when I said a second ago, I meant, you know, more from an X's and O's perspective, but it also worked from a fantasy perspective. Hernandez in his second season playing with Gronk, he only played 14 games, but he came out with 910 yards and seven touchdowns. If a guy like Dallas Goddard could do that, that would be insane. Uh, now, I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen, but he has phenomenal hands. I think Rob told me the other day that he believes if he was on another team, a good-fitting team, that he could be, with his hands, he could be a top-10 fantasy tight end and have a great season. And I completely believe that, and I completely agree. One thing that keeps him on the field is his run-blocking grade. With his 72.5 run-blocking grade uh, given to him by PFFs, uh, run blocking grade that they do. I don't do a lot of research. I just say thank you for letting me know that you've graded him well because I don't have time to watch every run block. That is not the most fun way to spend a weekend, but he actually ranked fifth among qualifiers in 2018 and ranks inside the top 20 among all rookie tight ends according to pro football focus and so he, he did a fantastic job and he's going to keep himself on the field on that aspect he is absolutely limited at this point he does have a ceiling but considering we're at the place where we're considering some of these other guys and there's not a lot of deep options he, he does come in here because of his ability and because of the fact that we know that a team that likes to run those systems, which the Eagles do, the two tight end system, they love it. Watch their game film. Um, uh, we've seen it in the past. It can happen. He can have a good season. Not going to be a monster season, but he can have a good season. So I have some faith in him and I have enough trust in him to say that the spot number 13 when projecting the next three, four, five years absolutely he 100 percent deserves to be there and in fact if something happens to zach Ertz, he is going way way up this list uh, but that's all i have to say about him so let's get to the next guy all right now i've got jalen samuels and let me find him on my notes here it's difficult unfortunately rob couldn't make the video today so trying to scramble through his notes and my notes try to put them together it's a bit of a mess but uh you know what it is what it is one thing i like about jalen samuels is really the situation as a whole. Now, it's kind of weird that he comes in as a half tight end, half running back. He gets some carries. It makes me very nervous, right? But I think they're going to come back as James Conner's healthy, and I think they're going to put him at the tight end position. Now, if they don't, of course, this changes his value quite a bit, and there's a lot that can happen. However, I think that's where he's going to go because they need to replace Antonio Brown in the passing game, and so that's kind of the expected. All right, let's get this guy involved in that area. We've got our running back. We need another wideout, right? And we need more help and for Antonio Brown. He's 22 years old. He's very young. Six foot tall, 225. He is undersized. So, you know, he's one of those Evan Ingram sort of guys who's going to play a tight end wideout hybrid, right? That's the way it's going to be for him. The biggest thing that bodes well for him, and I mentioned a second ago, Antonio Brown is out of there. He is gone. And that leaves a lot to be desired in that passing game. That's like 1,500 receiving yards. That's like 90 catches. That's, you know, last year, that's 15 touchdowns. Like, someone needs to pick up the slack. And with how good of a season Juju Smith-Schuster had last year, it can't be him. I don't. I mean, he'd have to get 2,000 yards if he was going to try to pick up that slack. It's not going to happen. Of course, it's going to go to some other guys. But one of those guys it's going to go to is Jalen Samuels. And that bodes very well for him. 
Uh, down the stretch, he had a very good year. He had three touchdowns in the last seven games, I believe it was. In fact, excuse me, in the last six games, he had three touchdowns, 26 catches, and 200 yards. That number isn't insane, but for a guy kind of finding his role in that offense behind Antonio Brown, behind Juju, behind um, James Conner for a while, right? Behind those two tight ends, McDonald and Jesse James, right? Like that's impressive. And so he's still finding his way. He's got a lot to learn, but I absolutely like him at this spot here. And if something changes where he starts to show himself as a key part of that offense, he can continue to go up this list uh, for sure. Uh, but again, for this one season, this coming up this 2019 year, I don't rank him highly as a tight end, but I rank his potential as elite. And that's what we really have to understand. So let's get to our last guy, our final guy, our number 15. All right, so I mentioned a second ago, I'm going to find my notes here, but it's actually Jared Cook. And of course, you can see that on screen, but Jared Cook had a monster year last year. He really surprised some people, including me. I was shocked to see that he was able to do that. Um, he's not necessarily young. He is 32 years old, but with the production he had last year, he just suddenly exploded. Clearly, that hasn't got to him yet. For whatever reason, maybe he hasn't had the most physical career, the most demanding career, but he had a, he's just, whatever. doesn't matter why. He's healthy, right? And he goes from Derek Carr, leaves, and well, first I'm thinking maybe he wants to go back there. Carr's a good quarterback. You don't want to get stuck with a bad quarterback, but I guess he made the right decision. Now he's playing for uh, Drew Brees. That's awesome. It's probably the best tight end Drew Brees has had since Jimmy Graham in, you know, 2011, 2012, when he was getting, you know, 16, 17 touchdowns a season, but... um absolutely like Jared Cook. Uh, I think he's got two, maybe three good years left, and I think he fits one of that offense. High floor, low ceiling, but that's okay. If you're trying to get the 15th best keeper tight end, high floor and a low ceiling is pretty darn good. Other guys to mention, just kind of keep your eye on that we thought about putting in this video and talking about but ended up not, is uh, Ian Thomas, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, we mentioned him earlier, Mike Gusecki, Jimmy Graham, Jake Butt, and Hayden Hurst. Those are all guys to keep your eye on, to watch, and to think about, uh, but we didn't put them in this video for whatever reason. Um, of course, we want you guys to leave your comment down below, disagree with us, argue with us, tell us you hate us or that you love us. I don't care what, just leave a comment. We want to hear from you guys. And of course, we love to hear the in-depth research and the uh, well-thought-out opinions that you guys have. You guys always surprise me with some of the things that you say. It's, well, I never thought of that or that that's true or I didn't, didn't see that stat. I wish I'd found that before the video. So make sure to keep doing that, guys, and keep it active in the community. We're so appreciative to have you guys. And, you know, as always, you guys have a great day and God bless.